warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about It's a trap. Could it toss it? Could it taste it? Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Sure only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm a leftover. No Jake this week. We were supposed to record yesterday. Uh, I had a bunch of fucking bullshit go on yesterday that I'm not going to get into on this show, but uh, I had to step away and not record. I was literally, let me bring on the guest. Hey, Steve, spoiler Steve from Scenic Cast, welcome. Yeah, Brian, thank you so much for having me on. Dude, I, you were going to be on yesterday. We kind of, I kind of just put this together today. We had another guest lined up. Jake was lined up. We were all going to get ready. Literally, dude, I, five minutes before recording, <laughs> something happened, and I couldn't record yet yesterday. So I really appreciate you uh, joining me on this one uh, to record tonight. I really do. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, of course. But, uh, yeah, so not going to do iTunes reviews. I got emails that I'm not going to be reading this week. Um, and then as far as like the contest that we had for spontaneous, uh, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Not enough people are entering now and I'm going to just email the winners privately. Really? Yeah. Yeah. People need to start, you know, seriously, if you want to win some of these movies, I mean, just start entering like seriously people, but I'm just going to email the winners. I'm going to do the drawing tomorrow privately by myself and just email the winners. Yeah, I need more people fucking doing this and shit. And was it it's just uh retweeting stuff, right? Yeah, it's just retweeting and trying to win a movie. I don't Did you watch Spontaneous? No, not yet. That's only because I put it on our list for ooh, excuse me. Uh, that's only because I put it on the list later this month. So, yeah. we'll be reviewing it in like 2 weeks. It's actually a really good movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Catherine Langford, Charlie Plummer. I enjoyed it quite a bit. The and, synopsis uh, looks hysterical because, like, you know, like you're reading it and it sounds like your regular, like, slice of life kid movie and all of a sudden people are exploding. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. That's a good ex- addition to it. So I'm really excited to see what this is about. And it's, um, the, uh, what's it? The 13, the, 
13 Reasons Girl, right? Yeah, 13 Reasons Why. She was uh, Tony. They cut her out of Endgame. She was going to be Tony Stark's daughter, yeah. Morgan, all grown up. And you can watch the deleted scene now. But yeah, Catherine Langford. She was in Cursed as well, I believe, that Netflix series. I think so. I did not watch that one. I watched like the first couple episodes. It was kind of like a King Arthur fucking thing. It was all right. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't like, it was good, but it wasn't spectacular. So it's like, am I really going to get back to it? You know what I mean? There's so much other stuff that I yeah. need to start watching. Dude, I'm seriously, I'm thinking about getting started on, uh, The Expanse. I think like that's going to be the Please. next. I try so hard to get people to watch that. It's really hard. I can understand why people might not get into it. And I'm moving through rooms right now. So I might have an echo sound right now for the next minute. Um, but. Uh, the Expanse is so good. If you're a fan of just world building, Game of Thrones, Star Trek, it's literally all of that combined into one, just like 200 years in the future. Mm-hmm. And like what you could possibly, like the, the good thing about it is it's not like, like the whole point of like Star Wars, Star Trek is of course the sci-fi versus the actual science of it. And The Expanse is all science. Like, yeah, there's some type of, like, alien stuff, which I won't get too into, but, like, everything that you need to understand with why we're in space makes sense because the writers of the books go to scientists and actually figure it all out. So there's, like, some great episodes of just understanding of how we got to Mars, how we created this belt uh, in between Mars and Earth, and how that's all a whole economic system in general. And it's just, if you're in into that type of, like, world building where economics are involved and politics are involved like this is something you have to see it's so good and like it's one of those shows like game of thrones where like the first season might not make sense but when you come back and watch season one again you're like oh wow this is so in detail you need to watch it twice and like it sucks and i usually never recommend shows like that but this is one of those shows where like you need to because by the time you get to season three Every other episode is like a season finale. Wow. And all of a sudden, and all of a sudden this, this thing's resolved, but because this whole other thing is happening, now their climax is happening. It sounds like sudden, this has taken the place of like, uh, the addictive nature of Battlestar Galactica. I never, see, I never saw Battlestar Galactica, so I don't, I don't know how to compare the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like the, the but newer one yeah. with uh, James Edward Almost. Is that his name? Um, I, yeah, that, that, that yeah. From yes. Blade Runner? Yeah, it sounds right, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway. <laughs> we don't know but what the yeah, fuck no, we're talking but, about. No, but like, yeah, like, that's like the, like, all of a sudden, season three, season four. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like every other episode, you're like, holy shit, and it feels like a season finale, but it's just, uh, just adding on to the story because they don't do any fillers mm-hmm. because we're covering books. So like, in the middle of season, uh, three or four, I forget which one it is. <laughs> You jump like six months because you're jumping between two books. Hey, so Steve, gonna, like, it, not going to fill things in for you. If I'm going to get you to talk about the expanse, could you do it with a little bit of excitement? I mean, come on. Damn it, not enough. Oh, I mean, man, I was. I wasn't so hearing hard, that, but. dude. I'm fucking with you, man. Like seriously, no, no, you, you expanse fans are fucking passionate. Jesus Christ, you're all like fucking. Um, Honestly, because uh, like when I started watching, I was like, wow, this is pretty good, and like I just stuck with it because. Why not? Like sci-fi was was doing good for its time. I was a fan of magicians. Yeah. Then season two happened, and it all of a sudden just clicked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Holy shit!" I actually rewatched season one because it got onto Amazon Prime, and I was like, 
oh wow, this is really detailed in a great way. That's like it's it's like for the fans. Jeff so Bezos, Jeff was, Bezos yeah. saved that fucking show. He did. Like Sci-Fi canceled it, and Jeff Bezos was like, "Hold on a second, I will buy it right now," and he did. And that's how we got season four. And now season five will be uh, released week to week. But like, oh, I'm just so excited for season five. It's just oh, so they're doing so season five week to week. Well, I think it's the first three episodes, like Hulu does it. So you'll get the first three episodes. Well, that's how they did the boys this season, was the first three episodes. I I completely ignored the boys because I heard they were doing the week to week, and I wanted to wait for the full season. So I did finish it, but I did wait. Um, But, yeah, uh, Expanse will be first three episodes and then week to week, just like the boys then. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to get started on the Expanse. That's like that's going to – this winter – I'm going to be watching The Expanse. That's going to happen. Yeah. That is going to happen. Like everybody talks about it. They fucking love it. But, uh, yeah, this, this episode, not going to be so, uh, expansive. That's a, is that, is that how I transition? It's, it's, we're getting, this is nice. It's going to be more yeah, of a, I like it. Yeah. It's going to be more of like a truncated episode because it's just the two of us. We're doing this on, uh, on a Sunday. So this is like the episode, like the equivalent of, uh, you know, you want to go all the way, but, She's on, she's on her period, so she's gonna, she's gonna compromise and she's gonna either be like, give you a hand job or let you titty fucker. So that's like, that's what this episode is. You're still gonna get off a little bit, you know what I mean? But it's not gonna be full vagina. It's not gonna be vaginal sex this time, Steve. <laughs> Did I lose yeah, you, Steve? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally making you uncomfortable. Oh my honestly, god. Honestly, my internet, no, my, my internet, you kind of cut back and forth a little bit, but I got everything, so I knew what you were saying. But instead, I'm like, all right, it's coming in and out, but I hear a vagina. Okay, yeah. speaking of coming in and out, back to my analogy. Um, let's see here. Uh, what are we? Did you see? Did you see Amazon? Speaking of Amazon, back to Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Are you are you a big fan of peanut Reese's peanut butter cups? Huge, huge fan of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Dude, dude, listen to this shit. You can buy on Amazon right now. You can buy Reese's Peanut Butter Sauce. It's the sauce that's inside of the butter cups. What? You can buy a whole fucking like jug of this shit. Yeah, like you can buy one for- This is the peanut butter they sell, right? This is- this is something different? This is different than the peanut butter. This is the peanut butter sauce that's inside of the fucking Reese's peanut butter cups. This is not peanut butter. This is the peanut butter sauce they put in the oh, cups. Shit. And you can buy it and you can do whatever the fuck you want to do with it. You can slather it on your dick. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Like five pound things. I think it's like five pounds. You can buy it for like 35 bucks or you can get two for 50. Mmm. Well, well, shit. That 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 sounds delicious. I'll need to I'll need to find this. Hopefully, my Walmart has it. Huge pause there from you. I, were you were you flabbergasted? <laughs> uh, no, it might be my internet itself because you're cutting in and out a little bit, so I'm yeah. not 100 percent sure it might, what it could be. Might be my internet here because I am not at home. I'm actually on the road recording, so it might actually be the shitty internet that I have here. So mm. yeah. We'll see how this fucking goes, Steve. All right. All right. You ready to jump into good pop, bad pop? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, 
Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things of the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Ah, Steve, I watched a movie called Love and Monsters. Have you heard of Love and Monsters? I have heard of it, but I did not get a chance to see it this week. Yeah, it's uh, seven years after the monster apocalypse. Joel Dawson, along with the rest of humanity has been living underground ever since giant creatures took control of the land. After reconnecting over radio with his high school girlfriend, Amy, who is now 80 miles away at a coastal colony, Joel begins to fall for her again as Joel realizes that there's nothing left for him underground. He decides against all logic to venture out to Amy, despite the dangerous monsters that stand in his way. This one's directed by Michael Matthews. Uh, and um, Sean Levy, he's a director for Stranger Things, is a producer on this one. And, um, it's, this movie stars Dylan O'Brien, Michael Rooker, Ariana Greenblatt, and Jessica Henwick. Jessica Henwick, you'll know her from Iron Fist. Trying to think she was in something else that I watched recently and I can't remember, but Jessica Henwick from Iron Fist. Um, this movie, basically, uh, an asteroid was going to hit Earth. And so in order to you know, this asteroid was like basically like a uh, planet destroyer. So we launched our nukes at this fucking uh, asteroid, destroys the asteroid. But then also there's like this nuclear fallout. So like this is like where like, you know, uh, how uh, Godzilla got created and shit. So all like a lot of the animals on Earth started to like uh, metamorphosis and uh, get huge and turn into like gigantic monsters. And we were not the top of the food chain anymore. We ran out of ammo and monsters started to kill people and people started living underground to live. Um, I, I had a lot of fun with this one. I thought it was really good. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, um, this was actually supposed to be a theatrical release and it was canceled because of the COVID outbreak. And so then they just, uh, released it on, uh, on video on demand and, um, I really enjoy it. I'm going to give it a high taste. I thought that this was like a really fun watch for like, you know, for, for a lot of the movies that are out there right now. I really, I really enjoyed this one, Steve. Yeah. How was, um, huh? Jessica Henwick and Ariana Greenblatt? <clears throat> uh, Jessica Henwick, um, limited uh, role in this one. She had a super limited role in this one. She shows up a little bit in the beginning and then a little bit at the end. So, but she was, she was fine. I mean, oh. yeah. So I think she okay. did fine for what she did, but she was not like a big major character. This so, is Ariana. She's from the. What's that? Oh my God. Is no, it I was it? going to go for the next character. Sorry. No, it's fine. I, I, I didn't hear what my you said. Connection sucks. Yeah. My connection sucks. <laughs> Somebody's connection sucks. <laughs> Hold on. All right, yeah, we had some technical difficulties. I think we've worked them out, Steve. Yeah, I think we're good now. I think we're good now. I think we're, I don't know what we were talking about. I don't, I think. Uh, Love and Monsters? Love, I know we were talking about Love and Monsters, but I can't remember what we were, you were asking me about Ariana Greenblatt. Who is, who is that? Um, she was in, uh, the one and only Ivan, and I believe she was also in, um, 
that Florida Project movie oh, as well. No, that's Brooklyn Prince. Oh, okay. Wow. I you're, confuse little girls. You're confusing your child, young child actors there, Steve. That's, yep, yep, that's right. Wow, you're an ageist. I don't know. <laughs> no, she's a, that little girl. Um, I know who you're talking about. The the she was the in the uh, the uh, Brian Cranston uh, gorilla movie. Yeah, the one and only yeah. Ivan. She was yeah, she was that girl. Yeah, she no, she was good. I liked her in that movie. She had she was really limited. She she hung out with Michael Rooker, so she kind of like lost. Oh, okay. Her, she lost her family and like you know he lost his family and like they just kind of like roam around and stuff. But, uh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, so are they the main characters then? No, Dylan O'Brien's the main character here, and he's kind of like, uh, uh, he's never really stood up and fought these monsters, um, defended himself. He kind of freezes at danger. So he's basically been mm. relegated to like the cook. And so, and so in this, it's basically, he has to set out on this 80 mile journey. And everybody thinks he's going to die because, you know, he's never really been able to stand up for himself. So a lot of this is kind of like him kind of like uh, facing his fears, you know, uh, all in the all in the name of love, Steve. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, though. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I was a big fan of this one. And uh, right now, I'm going to give it a high taste. It Right now, you have the chance to win one in five digital codes for Love and Monsters. And uh, all you have to do is send an email. Uh, uh, just send an email to comments at popcultureleftovers.com and seek out our Love and Monsters tweet on Twitter at PC Leftovers and retweet it or share Love and Monsters PCL Facebook post, screenshot it, and then just send the proof to comments at popcultureleftovers.com. And uh, this contest will run until next week. And I'll email the winners. And this is for U.S. entries only. So you can win. Steve, you could even fucking enter, man. Yeah. And this is to own the... Own it is not to rent it? It's to own the digital copy of the movie, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I'll definitely do that then. Mm-hmm. Yes. Steve, we both watched uh, TV. I watched the first episode. You watched the first episode. Uh, Hellstrom. This is uh, yeah. Damon and Anna Hellstrom are the son and daughter uh, of a mysterious and powerful serial killer. The siblings have a complicated dynamic as they track down the terrorizing worst of humanity each with their attitude and skills. This is based on the Marvel Comics characters Damon and Satana Hellstrom, and it stars Tom Austin, Sidney Lemon, and Elizabeth Marvel. Her last name's Marvel, Steve. It's meta as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wow. heard that too. I was like, oh, jeez. I know. No on the nose there. I think she planned it, her whole family. I mean, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what did you, uh, I mean, this is one of, this is like, I think this is, isn't this like the final holdover? From like yeah. the the TV stuff, the TV side that kind of like you know the Marvel television stuff that kind of went away. Yeah, this is kind of like like this was owned by Fox, but Disney then bought Fox, but Disney can't change anything because I guess this was already done for. But at least for the first season, um, I believe the whole first season is available on Hulu. I only watched the first episode, and I don't think I'll be returning. I, I give the show a taste it. It's okay. It, it reminds me of Lucifer mixed with Lie to Me. Um, it just it just feels like one of those procedural shows that should be on NBC 
or ABC or something. It's it's not that great. Maybe it gets better throughout the series, but I I honestly didn't really care to give it any more than one episode. Um, I can understand why people would enjoy it, but I don't think this is for me. Yeah, I watched the first episode. I'll give it a taste of it as well, but I think I liked it more than you, and I think I, I'm going to at least give it a second episode. Um, I am kind of, like, intrigued by the fact of, uh, you know, you've got uh, uh, the son, Damon, and he's basically performing exorcists, and now the Vatican is kind of like watching his movements. They've sent, like, this agent, uh, Gabriella Rossetti, She's an agent from the Vatican and she's kind of like watching him as he, as he works with these demons. I thought it was cool when she kind of like Gabriella went into the room with his mother who's possessed and the demon kind of took over. And, um, then we had, uh, we had, uh, uh, Damon in that room. I, 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 I like the show a little bit more than I think you did. I think it's worthy of me watching a second episode, but I don't know if like this is like one of those shows that I'm like gonna have to like, it's not the boys. Like, you know what I mean? It's not the boys. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not the first season of Daredevil either. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it didn't grab me like that. It, I, I thought it was good enough, but I don't know if it's like, so great that I've got to continue on with this. Yeah, no, for me, it just, it felt like some of that was rejected by NBC because it was too dark. Not that it was bad or it was just, it was just too dark for their network, you know? Like, this is probably good, like Swamp Thing, but not for us. So, like, I can understand why, like, why, why you or other people would be interested or intrigued to see what happens in episode two. But for me, it just, I, I, I could care less. It just, it just felt like a wannabe Constantine type of thing with Supernatural and Lucifer. It just felt like every type of procedural, uh, horror movie or show. Lucifer's like kind of a huge deal with like the fans that are really invested in that show, Lucifer. Oh, and I agree. And I agree. And I understand that's kind of like why I say that though as an example, because I can understand why people would be into this show. Yeah. It just for me, I don't care. Like, like Lucifer. I can understand why it was not only canceled, but then revived with Netflix. It's not for me, but I can understand the way it's set up, the procedural format. Like, that is a good storytelling format. So I can understand why people would want to see the continuation of that. It's just, I've seen enough of it where I don't really care anymore. Have That's you watched, have you watched Mike Coulter's new show, Evil? No, I have not. Dude, I'm hearing great things about it. Like it's, really? it was on CBS, man. It was on CBS huh. and now Netflix has it. So Netflix, after these seasons complete on CBS, Netflix, you know, kind of like with Schitt's Creek, you know, it's, yeah. on, it's on pop network week to week. And then when the season ends it, and it ends up on Netflix, now that it's on Netflix, man, it's getting a lot more eyes on it. And people are watching like, uh, Neil, who's been on the show multiple times, is just kind of, he got on Discord and he's raving about evil, saying like, this does not feel like a CBS show. Like, this is really good shit. Huh. I'm hearing really good things about evil. I might, I might, you know what? I might drop this. I might, I might even not even watch the second episode and pick up evil and check that out. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, if that's on Netflix, then I'll definitely check it out. But I canceled my CBS account a while ago because I just, Besides, like, the neighborhood, I didn't really watch anything else on the service. Oh, my God. Did you need to watch that video game documentary they have? 
It's the, oh, it's the, it's the first CBS, it's console wars. It's based on the book and it's the, it's the, uh, fight between Nintendo and Sega in the nineties. Oh my God. Oh, oh, you were talking about that like two weeks ago. Yeah. I, okay. I do want to check that. That's on CBS. CBS all access, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, it's, maybe I'll go back for a month then because I did, yeah. that did sound interesting. Yeah. Just use a, just use a different fucking email. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how you do it, people. Um, Grand Army on Netflix. This just dropped on the 16th. The drama uh, series tells the story of five high school students as they struggle with sexual, racial, and economic politics and fight to succeed and become somebody. It's created by Katie Capiello, and it's loosely based on her play titled Slut the Play. And uh, before, yeah, don't, don't take too much into that title. Slut the Play, it was yeah. developed by members of the Arts Effect All-Girl Theater Company to address the damaging impact of slut shaming and slut culture. The creators note that their play is a call to action, a reminder that slut shaming is happening every day, almost everywhere. And uh, I watched the... I watched the first, I think I'm through four episodes with this one, Steve. I know you watched two. Yeah. What did you, what are you thinking about Grand Army? I give it a high taste it only because I don't want to get too excited for whatever happens next, but I'm a big fan of, I'm sure you know Brian already, but I'm a big fan of slice of life movies and storytelling in general. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen Euphoria. I've only heard good things, oh, but I have so a good. feeling this is, I have a feeling this is what Euphoria is and um, this is great. Like, I, the only reason I'm not giving it a couple words is because I've only seen two episodes. To, I'm just trying to be, I'm, I'm trying to play it safe, but I will return to this and I will watch more because I'm really intrigued to see just what happens because, you know, I've been, I graduated high school in 2007. So, you know, I've only had like, it's only been 13 years, but, you know, it seems like a big difference, uh, with this and whether or not this is realistic or not. I can feel and relate to all characters involved. So yeah, I yeah. definitely want to see, uh, what happens next. Um, it's def, and I also like the point of views, the, the way they shoot it. It's really well handled with the different plots. Dude, I'm, dude, I am fully, I am so addicted to this fucking show, Steve. Yeah. I'm fucking addicted to this fucking show. Like, uh, first episode, I didn't like, know everything that was going on. You know what I mean? And then it like, right. I mean, and there's a lot to take in here. You know, high school is, it's, it's a bustling community. You know what I mean? It is its own, like once they get in that school, it's like its own community. There's all these things going mm-hmm. on, all these different groups and, and stuff like that. You've got the, you've got the one girl who's, uh, uh, Chinese American. She's been raised by two Jewish parents and she's struggling with her identity now that she's in high school. She felt like she had it made in eighth grade. Now, uh, the Chinese students in the school, they won't accept her because she's, they don't think that she's really Chinese. She doesn't speak Chinese. They won't accept her. And then, you know, but she also feels like the other students in the school won't accept her as well. So she's trying to find her place and she's actually big, making some bad decisions because of that. Um, you've got the one girl who wants to, who is like, um, she's shamed because of, uh, there's the bomb scare across the street. There's this bomb scare. This all happens in a New York City school. There's this bomb scare yeah. across the street. So all the kids have to congregate in, in, uh, in like the stairwell where it's safer. And, well, uh, it's, to be fair, it's not an actual, it's an actual bomb. Like, like something does go off. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. A bomb yeah, does yeah. go off. Like they hear a boom. Yeah. The kids are freaked out. 
you know, and, and they don't even know if all the kids are safe. You know what I mean? And so they're all congregating in the stairwell. And one of our main characters, Joey, she is wearing her shorts from gym class and, you know, a bomb fucking went off. The teacher starts saying, why are you wearing that? And, oh, you'll do anything to show off any, you'll have, you'll do anything to show off your body and basically shaming her in front of the student body, uh, about her body and, uh, making her feel like shit. And so she goes on kind of like this, uh, uh, free the nipple, um, uh, takes this free the nipple stance the next day at school and has all these students kind of like back her and stuff like that. All the female students agree not to wear a bra to school. And, uh, she gets, she gets, she gets in the classroom. She takes off her jacket and she's wearing like a white thin shirt that says free the nipple. And then she pretends that she accidentally pours water on her shirt. And the teacher kicks her out of the cat class, calls her a hooker, kicks her out yeah. of class and I mean, dude, I, like, like I, I don't know, I, dude. That I, that is an interesting scene to talk about, though, because I feel like both people are in the wrong, because we have one side antagonizing someone who we know is going to erupt over what you're doing. Yeah. So it's like, like I can understand where you're coming from, and I, and I'm all for free of nipple, but I can also understand if you're just blazingly picking up a water bottle and pouring water over your chest to make. Uh, and, uh, like an emotion out of your teacher or anybody else around you. It's like, you know, it's like, I can understand both sides of the situation, but at the same time, it's like, we don't need to work. Like, I'm all for, like I said before, I'm all for free the nipple, but it's like, th- this show does a good job at showing how controversial the, the setup can be. Oh yeah. No, I agree. I agree, man. I just think I, yeah. I was kind of like rooting for her in that moment though, personally. Right. Oh, me too. But it's just like, it's hard because you're like, you're yeah. like you know what she's trying to do because we're so much older. We're not 17. Yeah. If I'm 17, I'm like, fuck this teacher. And I'd be all for it as well. As a 32 year old, I'm like, Ooh, I see what she's trying to yeah, do. Yeah. But like these, so these teachers, yeah. these teachers are in charge of taking care of your children. Throughout right. the day. And like for them to say shit like that to your kids is like totally, that is not acceptable. That is yeah, not acceptable. That is not acceptable. These are young, impressionable people. And that's something that she's going to carry with her for the rest of her life. You know what I mean? And you know, she shouldn't have started this shit on the stairwell, but I mean, some of these other kids you've got, um, uh, uh, the, the one, the, the Indian kid who is, yeah. uh, you know, uh, hoping to get into Harvard and, but he's also kind of like, he's, uh, he's in the closet, you know, he's in the closet and his family is basically. He's the one about the, the, the college script yes. thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fascinated by his story. You've got the yeah. one, uh, you've got the one black girl who's like got so much going on at home. You know, she's got so much going on at home. She can't be, a teenager, you know, she's got like, she's got to take her sister ended up having children really young. So like when she gets off of school, she has to go home and take care of her kids and she's got so much going on, but she wants to have a social life. You know, she's still, she plays basketball and she's got all these other things that she wants to dude. I'm dude, this show, dude, the first fucking episode, those girls, she's the girl has the condom stuck up inside her and the other yeah. girl pulls it oh, out. I'm like, what the what the fuck is going on here? Every show, every movie has to have an inciting incident. What makes you attached to the show? 
And geez, the way this show opened and just what we're dealing with this, like, it doesn't matter what's happening around these two because all you're curious about is why the fuck is she fingering this other girl in the bathroom stall? Yes. And then when you realize it's a fucking condom, like, you're like 20 minutes into the episode already, because it's, or maybe 10 minutes, but you're just like, what the fuck? I thought she lost a like, tampon oh. up there. I thought she lost a tampon up there and the girl was trying to get it out, but it was a fucking condom. I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I thought we were, we were about to watch an actual, like, uh, like, a t- some type of abortion. Oh, like, no I, shit. I, like, like, just the way the, the way the camera was, like, positioned and what they were doing for, like, a split moment, I was like, what are we about to watch? Because it's Netflix. Yeah. It can be anything. So I was like, hold on. So I definitely got thrown off for a split second with that. Yeah. Uh, I Tupperware this. I'm hooked. I'm probably going to have this finished by tomorrow. Yeah, I'll definitely be watching this. I will. I don't know if I'll be. I'll probably finish by this week, if not next. But I've watched two episodes. Was it? Is it nine episodes? I think. For it's nine episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely be, fi- I'll be finished by this week for sure then. But yeah, it's definitely yeah. like, 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 you know, Brian, you're a little bit older than me, but I feel like this movie is, or this show is so good at just being relatable, even if you have not been in high school for 10 years. Like, you can understand where anybody is coming from in this situation. Yeah, wait till you get to like the episode three and four. Like, Joey's character completely changes. There's something that happens and it's just like, oh, which my one's God. Joey? She's the young girl, the free the nipple girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. She has a very interesting story in general, but yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what, where that goes. Yeah. Cause it seems like she has a boyfriend that might be interested in her, but I can't tell. Oh, Tim, who is like her, her best friend's brother. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yes. I can't, I, honestly, I'm like, is, is, are they dating? Are they just best friends? They're, it's like every other, they're, like, in two episodes, it seems like they're hooking up and not hooking up. Exactly. That it, it's, they're, they're kind of like her, 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 Best friend doesn't doesn't like the fact doesn't like the thought of her hooking up with her brother. So yeah, there's, okay. yeah, there's a little bit of that. Um, I'm you know what I'm going to bring up Batman Death in the Family. I'm not going to get into it yeah. too much to be quite honest with you, Steve, because um, this is a fucking DC animated. I love DC animated, but this movie was a fucking ripoff. It was a fucking ripoff. I thought that this was. Batman Death in the Family. It was going to be a, a like a continuation of Under the Red Hood type mm-hmm. story. All yep. this did was take the movie Under the Red Hood, which is fucking phenomenal. If you haven't seen that, yep. it takes that movie and it turns it into a 30 minute short where Bruce is just telling Superman about everything that happened. Dude, I was ripped off. This is a rip off, man. Do not fucking buy this. Especially on digital, because then you don't even get to do like the whole like uh, uh, if you get to keep Jason alive or kill him thing, you know? It, yeah, yeah, because there's like a whole. There's supposed to be. It's only interactive. There's like this whole interactive kind of like thing where, well, back in the what was it? Back in the '80s, there was a 900 number where you could call and you could vote to where you could either let Robin live or let Robin die. And then, yeah, no, it was the whole thing. Like, yeah, I was like, does Jason live or die? And like the the. The people chose to kill him. Yeah, and uh, I had that issue. Um, so, you know, this, it was a big deal. But, this, dude, this whole thing was just a ripoff. And I was stunned, stunned as I was watching this. And 30-plus minutes in, it ends, and then it just continues to be short stories. It's DC short stories 
in going forward. I, I watched the Sergeant Rock story. And then once it got to Adam Strange, I basically like, I just stopped watching. I was just like, this is bullshit. And so I know you watched the whole thing. I was just pretty much pissed off that how they handled this whole thing. Um, and so I just stopped watching. I was yeah. super pissed. No. I completely agree with you. I did the same thing. Like, I try to watch. I did not watch the last, the last short, whatever the, the death or evil, whatever the fuck it was called. I did not watch that one. Um, but yeah, I tried to go all the way to the end, but I was pretty pissed off because I've already seen Under the Red Hood. Yeah. That's literally what the death of the family is already. And that's literally what they did in this. They just did a recap of it. Like last time on so and so, just in case you haven't seen it. And like, so for me, I read the full death of the family comic. It's a four parter where the first two parts are about Jason, uh, are about Jason's death. The second part are two issues about Batman not only trying to kill the Joker, but the Joker is now because whatever the fuck he did, he actually made himself some type of like ambassador for a different country. So the the last two issues is uh, Superman being told by the White House to stop Batman from killing the Joker. So I was hoping that maybe that's what this was. Maybe we'll get that side of the story. Mm-hmm. But no, 30 minutes in, it's over, and we're getting into fucking shorts of like, oh, these these can be made into actual movies. So like, yeah, the shorts are okay, but it, it's, it's a huge, like, if, if, if you're going for this interactive thing, Amazon doesn't supply it, so don't rent off of Amazon. I don't know if Movies Anywhere or... No, Voodoo uh, will do. Fandango it. now well, does not allow you to do it. You have Fandango it's now? it's it's the physical copy is the only way you can do the interactive. Yeah, what what a fucking waste! Like, thankfully it was only a five dollar rental, but what a fucking waste! I'm very like I like like Brian. If you did not ask me, I would have done it either way because I was interested. Me too. What a fucking waste! What a fucking waste! And what a rip off! They they're yeah. ripping people off. This is a fucking rip off, and yeah. it, people. People should be able to complain and get their fucking money back on this shit. It's bullshit. I think it's 100% bullshit. I did enjoy the Sergeant Rock story. I just thought it was fun. You know? Yeah, it it was okay. Yeah. Even even the uh, Adam Strange one was decent. But, like, by the time that happened, I didn't care anymore. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yes. Dude, I was so pissed. I was just so pissed that I fucking, you know, had gotten this thing and then... This is what happened. Yeah. I was just like, I'm Are not, you, I'm not even going to watch I, the rest. I was about to make like, like I bought the, um, the, the other Superman movie, the man of tomorrow. I bought that on Blu-ray. Like I bought that in like ahead of time. Yeah. I wanted to start the new, whatever the new series that WB was going to be doing for an animated versions. I wanted to get everything on Blu-ray. I'm so glad I did not order this one. Cause I would have been so pissed. Even if like, even though I got the interactive version, like what the fuck was dude this? the the, like, the front just, cover like, of the, the front cover of the fucking blu ray just says death in the family it doesn't say also you know stories from sergeant rock phantom adam strange nothing like that it's it's it, it it's so misleading yeah i would uh, i might have given this a taste it if i was able to do the interactive but like i'm a big comic fan already i know how this goes i know what the fuck's happening so i'm just more intrigued on what are you doing to make him live? I'm not here to actually like be like, oh, does he live or die? I know what the fuck happens. I've been I've been following this for the like 
I've been getting, I got into comics 10 years ago. So I, I, I now understand what the hell's happening with Jason and the outlaws. Cause that's what they are now. Yeah. It's fucking Jason Todd of the outlaws or the red hood and the outlaws. So like, if that's not what this is leading up to, I don't care. So I was just more interested in how are they going to make this fun just as the inner interactive, does he live or does he die? But you can't even do that properly. You can't even do so that. So we're wasting yeah. $5 to rent. Yeah. Man, it's, I give this a yeah, complete toss it. It's a complete toss it for me. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Don't waste your money. And this makes, this makes every rental or purchase of DC animated movies going forward suspect to me. Like, I'm going to wait. Yeah. I'm going to have to wait now well, to see if it's this sure bullshit. It you have to make sure it doesn't say showcase because that's what they kept, that's what they kept, uh, advertising. Showcase DC. So you have to make sure it's not that fucking bullshit. Ah, fuck off with your showcase shit. That's bullshit. Yeah. 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 Toss this shit. Um, I know you watched it. I watched it. A babysitter's guide to monster hunting. This, uh, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, the story follows a babysitter named Kelly Ferguson who must embark on a mission to find the child in her care who has been kidnapped by the boogeyman. During this mission, she discovers that a secret society of children protecting babysitters exist, as do an entire world of monsters which she must fight. This, uh, was, uh, written, uh, by, uh, Joe Ballerini and is based on his three-part book trilogy of the same name. And it stars an unrecognizable Tom Felton in this movie. I did not recognize him as Tom Felton. Did you know that that was Tom Felton? I honestly didn't know until Koba pointed out. He's like, no, Tom, that's Tom, Tom Felton. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. He did a great job. Yeah, yeah. India Moore, uh, Tamara Smart, and Una Lawrence. And uh, what did you think about A Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting? Honestly, I give it a high taste it. It's really good for what it is. Like this reminds me of like Spy Kids or anything you see on Nickelodeon or maybe even like uh, it's not a Disney Channel movie only because it feels like a Nickelodeon Channel movie. And if you grew up watching those channels, you'd understand what I mean. Um, but it's good. Like the graphics are good. It's funny. Tom Felton is not phoning it in. He's playing the part and it's great. Um, like if honestly, if like this is great for kids, like, like Brian, you said this is a, a, a trilogy or possible trilogy. Yeah. Like I, if I had kids, I'd be looking forward to sequels for them because this is just, it's, it's very good at world building and it's just, it's a lot of fun. So I wouldn't give it a full, full Tupperware. But it definitely has that good, like, like the high tasted, uh, kids type of movie. Yeah. Like it's definitely, it's worth it. So it's no Disney movie, but this is a lot of fun. Well, even the Disney movies haven't, haven't been that great lately as that, far that as. That's true. I, I, I'm older. So th- yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. So no recent Disney movie, but this is, yeah. this is good for what it is. I'm just talking about yeah. like, you know, a wrinkle in time and stuff like that has not been, you know, I, it's been okay, but not you're just right. I amazing. I, I'll, I'll give this a taste it. I thought the world building was a lot of fun. I think this is a really fun kids movie. I think it's a really fun kids movie. You know, I, and Tom Felton was really good and, um, you know, I, I, it, it mixes a lot of different things. It feels like it's got a mix of Harry Potter. Like it felt like, you know, the book 
that uh, the babysitter's guide to yeah. monster hunting, it felt like a little bit of like a little bit of Beetlejuice, like that book that t- walks you through the afterlife. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, it had, I don't know. I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. I thought the, the graphics were okay. I thought the toadies looked completely animated and not oh, tangible or real. Anytime they kept fucking up on something, I just kept chuckling. I was like, this is really good for kids. Like, I just kept chuckling. Yeah, they just, really they just look like fucking monster versions of like minions to me. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. You're you're not wrong there. But it's okay. I'll give it a taste it. I'll give it a taste it. I don't know if I'll watch a second one, but I think kids will really enjoy this one. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely yeah, I see where you're coming from. You're not wrong, but like I don't know. For me, like it's just one of those things where like I can see ten years, like fifteen years, like this has a this definitely will have a group of watchers, like a cult following. Like this is definitely one of the better kid movies that Netflix has released. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think this is better than Vampires vs. the Bronx. Oh, I need to see that so it's on my list. Yeah. Is that I, not good? I thought it was... I I mean, if you're looking for something to watch, just watch Monster Squad. It's so much better. Wow, okay. okay. You, I, dude, you don't even get the first vampire death until like there's like 30 minutes left in the fucking movie. Wow. There's so much setup before they actually get to what I feel like are like vampire battles, you know what I mean? With the, with the final, I don't know. There, there could have been a lot more action in that movie. Yeah. Okay. So that's just my opinion. You might like it more than me. Um, the cabin with Burt Kreischer. I watched the first two episodes. You watched the first two episodes. This is on Netflix. This is kind of, is it, are we calling this a reality series? No, no. After the second episode, I'm not calling it a reality series. Okay. It's, it's after years on the grind, Burt Kreischer sets out on a purifying retreat to a remote cabin. So comedian Burt Kreischer, I remember watching him doing like a, like a challenge type based show years ago. And, oh. uh, and, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but I think his name was in the title. I think it was like on Travel Channel or something. I can't remember. But I thought, I thought he was a charming enough, funny enough guy. And he's a comedian. And, uh, he, uh, in this show, what he'll, what he's been overworking himself. So he wants to get away, get away, go to a cabin and spend some time with like his friends and like a lot of his comic friends, people in comedy. I've watched the first two episodes. First episode was, uh, Tom Segura, Joey Diaz. Um, and, uh, there's like these little breakaway scenes where he talks to his wife on FaceTime in the cabin, tells her about his day and stuff like that. But there, there are these like, it, it, there are genuine kind of like reality TV moments where like comics are just being comics and making jokes and hanging yeah. out and shit like that. But you know, they're doing manly stuff. Like in the first episode, they're fucking, they're going to barbecue on a spit, this fucking emu. And... <laughs> And, and then they're rolling cigars and shit. And I was like, is this, is this what the show's going to be? Is this what the show's going to be? Is it just going to be fucking like shit that Joe Rogan does in his sleep? You know what I mean? Just right? fucking all this manly yeah, shit. You know what gonna do? But he was like, I have all this blood. Can you roll this cigar? The guy was like, yeah. That was probably my favorite part just because the guy was like not phased at all. He was like, yeah. Like, what do you need? <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I just felt like this show was just going to emasculate me every episode. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, I, I can be sure to say, yeah, it, it even feels like that when they introduce you because, like, he's not the biggest emasculated person, but he's like, we're in the woods, we're in this house, or whatever. We got to, like, you know, cut wood to set fire and everything. Yeah. That's what we plan on doing. And all of a sudden, it's like, 
you you can tell the producers are like, do this, do that, and like half the cast is like, okay, if that's what you want us to do, like, like I don't know. For me, like I I I'm sorry. What did you give it? I haven't rated it yet. Oh, my apologies. No worries. Let me back off then. No worries. I want to know what you thought though. I didn't really. I I, I love some of the. Hold on. I love some of the comedy in the first episode. To be quite honest with you, I did. But I didn't really fall in love with the show until the second episode. I kind of like really liked it in the second episode with like, uh, you know, I think, I think Tom Segura and Joey Diaz, I'm not familiar with, with their comedy. I still haven't watched their specials. Um, yeah. and, but, uh, I did think that there were some funny moments between them in the first episode. But when, once we got to the second episode, we started to get like, it felt like it got a little bit more real when we got the, I love fortune Feimster. I'm a big fan of hers. I think I loved her Netflix comedy special. I've seen her in a couple movies. She's super fucking funny. And then they had yeah. Kate, they had, they had Caitlyn Jenner and Nikki Glaser in the second episode. And I really enjoyed all the stuff between Caitlyn Jenner and his father. I felt like that was a real fucking moment there. And like Bert started to cry in that episode. And I was like, this is, this shit's getting fucking real here. So I really enjoyed the second episode. I'll give the first episode a taste it. Second episode, I'll give it a high taste it. Um, but I feel like this is just something that you can kind of just like watch and, um, It'll get you laughing a little bit. It's a little bit light, you know what I mean? And uh, I don't feel like I have to, like, go back to it immediately. Like, this is something that I can just, like, watch what I want to. What did you, what'd you, what'd you think? Yeah, it's it's okay. I give it a taste. It. Uh, the first episode, to me, is a lot better than the second, only because the second one shows me how produced it is. Um, without giving too much away, it's... The episode is cut in reverse. So the first half should be the second half, but they want to surprise you. And while that's cool, it was funny the first half, once they revealed how they got to the first half in the second half, I didn't really care anymore. Um, so it just, to me, it feels too produced where the, like, I will watch the, the rest just to see like what he and his friends want to do in the woods and everything. But at the same time, it does feel like there are episodes or segments where the producers are like, you need to do this, you need to do that. And like the thing with his dad, like I believe everything he says in those moments, but the part where he has to be himself, it feels rehearsed because whatever happened happened off screen and the producers like we need that for the episode. Hmm. So they had to redo it for that, for whatever he said. So like, 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 well, I understand what you're saying with like the father being like, you're a hero to Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Like I can, I can believe all of that. I can believe everything he's saying, but when he starts like tearing up and crying to me, it feels like it's rehearsed or like the producers want him to do that. So it's almost like he has to, do it again. I don't know. I don't, th- I don't, th- I don't, I don't see him as like a fucking like uh cry on command drama actor. I felt like they just okay. kind of like filmed that in yeah. the moment, man. Like it, like, like that tugged yeah, at him yeah. that got like, they got that on 
on tape. Like they, they recorded that. Like that was his, that was his reaction there. Like that he's, he, he, this guy is like, you know, uh, creeping on 50 or 50 years old or whatever. He's never seen his father in all that time ever fucking act that way or idolize somebody in that manner. And uh, he saw a different side of his father that day, you know? And I mean, that was kind of like a gift that he got, uh, from this, uh, from him being in the position that he's in, that his father got to talk to his, you know, uh, lifelong idol, Caitlyn Jenner, you know, and I just thought that yeah. this was because his dad was in track and field and that was like a big part of his life at one time before he had like this injury and like this guy saw a side of his father that he'd never seen before. I just said like that kind of like, that's what kind of like hit me. Like, I feel like there's a lot of fucking shit in this that is produced. Like that's just like, you know, that they just throw in there for like reality TV shit. That's rehearsed. Like the fortune Feimster stuff when she left, when he's like trying to fucking wax his asshole, like, come on. Oh my God. That was, that was the biggest, like, yeah, I wasn't even gonna bring that up because that is the, the most produced thing. I wasn't even gonna like, acknowledge for it because yeah. you and I both know that's like that's fucking bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't think I didn't even find that part that funny to be quite honest with you. Like, yeah, no, and I agree. And then like what you're saying, like I don't disagree with you. It's just like I don't know for me, just because I'm very like, like I like I love TV, I love movies, and everything. But like when it comes to reality stuff, I'm always so iffy about it. So when it got to that one part with him, like talking about his dad. I just felt like I'm not saying he's lying about it. It just felt like a second shot. Like fuck, we missed it hmm. like, as a producer, and we need to shoot it again. So, like, I'm not saying that the emotion's not there. It just felt like almost rehearsed. And I might be wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like, like that might just be me overthinking the scene, and you might be like that could be the actual moment. I mean, he's like, holy shit. I've never heard my dad say that. And that's great. Then it's just, I don't know. For me, I'm just very iffy with reality shows in general. So when it comes to something like this, I'm always like, eh, did he really mean that? So it's just like, he could have, but I will always be on the defense just because it's reality television. They look like real tears, real tears to me. It didn't look like he fucking got shampoo in the eye. You know what I mean? Right. It looked like he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't cutting onions. It looked, it looked like real tears, looked like real emotion to me. It was the first real thing I felt like I'd seen in, in one of these episodes. Damn. Okay. So okay. that's just me. Yeah. That's just me. I yeah. got, I got this from the trivia section in IMDb about this show. It's, I think what? it's the only piece of trivia on there. It says when working with the chainsaw in the opening scene, the okay. chain, the chain was, was supposed to be locked. But it malfunctioned, and one of the grips cut his kneecap off. <laughs> is that what? fucking? Whose kneecap? <laughs> Did I? Do can people go in and edit the trivia? I think people can go in and edit the trivia section yeah, okay. in IMDb, and I think somebody just fucking put that in there. I think that's bullshit. Whose <laughs> kneecap? Like that's a big thing. What? It's one of the one of the grips on the set. One of the people that. Yeah, cut his kneecap off. I think it's bullshit. I wouldn't be oh, surprised yeah. if like fucking like Joey Diaz wrote that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> fuck with these fucking fans. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, you know, this guy lost his fucking kneecap. We trying to fucking like uh, shoot the show. Oh my god, yeah, dude. <laughs> I've got other stuff that I watched this week, but since this is going to be an abbreviated episode, I'm not going to get into it. But I know that you had a couple things you wanted to talk about. Um. Uh, okay. 
I watch uh, specifically. Okay, so I'm of course on CNN movie reviews. Uh, we talk about the trial of the Chicago Seven. That's on Netflix. I know Brian, you don't like to get political, so all I'll say is um, I had a great episode reviewing that with uh, Stephanie Chapman and Brooke Doherty. So uh, if you're fans of them, please check out that review of that. We talk about that along with Rebecca, which is the 1940 Alfred Hitchcock movie, which will be remade and released with Lloyd James and Army Hammer next week on Netflix. Uh, because so we'll because be, Alfred Hitchcock just didn't do it right the first time. I guess not. Yeah, yeah. 80 years later, it's like, hold on, let's try this one more time. Uh, but yeah, but uh, we're, we're, I'm actually doing a Hitchcocktober uh, festival on our channel. So we've already reviewed Psycho and Vertigo, and uh, we just did uh, Rebecca, and we'll be doing uh, North by Northwest and Notorious because there's five weeks in October this week. Uh, so please check out CM Reviews for all of that. Uh, but I've, we've also talked about the uh, the forty year old version. Have you seen that? It's Ryan, it's not Netflix? it's not the forty year old virgin. The that's is that no. Judd Apatow? Yeah, yeah, that's just Apatow. But no, it's the version. No, I haven't. I haven't. I've seen it like advertised, but I haven't watched it. It's. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a very independent indie, like uh, artsy fartsy type of movie. But um, it's by uh, Rada Blank. Uh, she's director, writer, producer, and star of the movie. It's about a, a 39-year-old who is a playwright and basically gets a bump in the road and doesn't know what to do with herself because she's not happy with the playwrights that she's doing. And she decides, you know, I was having a lot of fun writing and producing hip-hop rap as a kid in high school. Let's try it again. So as I guess you could say a hobby or maybe whatever's next, a midlife crisis, whatever you want to call it. But she tries to, in New York City, be a hip-hop artist. And uh, that's what the movie is. It's just a slice of life of what happens at 39 to 40 in New York City. You're a playwright. You want to do something else. And it's just – I give it a Tupperware. It's one – it, it is – my highest rated movie of the year. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. And it's just, it's so, it's so well done. Brian, like you would probably seek this out because <laughs> I know you're a big fan of like the, the independent theatrical movies yeah. in general, yeah. like the theaters. So this is right up your alley. Like you'll probably love this. I'll check it out. Uh, uh, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Netflix. It won the uh, Sundance 2020 award for, I think best picture. One of those type of like big awards. Uh, she's, she's written a couple of, uh, shows for Empire. She showed up on the Timeless show on NBC, but it, it, it really, the movie feels like her autobiography just put into a movie and it's like, it's beautifully well told. So I will check two it out. hours long, Brian, I think you would love this. I will check it out. And you guys reviewed yeah. it on, have you guys reviewed it? Yep. 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 Uh, I, honestly, uh, not gonna lie, we just, uh, like, just before you and I started recording, I finished recording episode 205 of Cine Movie Reviews with myself and Kova. Uh, Kenny was not able to join us this week, but we had guest hosts Brooke Darby and Stephanie Chapman. And I gotta say, it's probably one of the best episodes I've had this year. 
we had a fantastic time talking about the trial of the Chicago 7, the 40-year-old version, and the 1940 version of Rebecca, which will be a remake released on Netflix next week featuring Lily James and Army Hammer. So... Uh, and that the original movie. Do you think that? Do you think that Army yeah. Hammer's parents, when they named him, looked? They like like what are we gonna name our kid? What are we gonna There's name no our kid? Way he, he had to do it. He, it had to be his. It had to be his decision. No. When he entered like Hollywood. No, I, I think his. I think his parents, when they were, they didn't know what to name him, and they looked in the refrigerator and they saw a <laughs> box of Arm and Hammer. That must be it. Arm and Hammer baking soda, and they're like, oh, Army, I get Army Hammer! And they name their son. <laughs> Army Hammer. It just, it just fits a little, you know? It just, it... And she was like, uh, you're, she was like your, your uncle was in the Army, right? And he this, likes hammers, right? And we're, he use hammers. We don't plan on switching baking sodas, do we? Like, this is, this is our baking soda. It helps remove odors. <laughs> Helps remove odors in the refrigerator. It's a great color. Baking soda, all of it. Army Hammer. This is a t- terrible episode, Steve. Well, <laughs> <laughs> people are lucky to get anything this week. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Anyway, you know. No, uh, but honestly, I had one of the best times with Stephanie Chapman and uh, Brooke Darty. Like, like I know that they. Uh, just rub it in. Rub it in that, that that my episodes with you aren't that good. Just keep rubbing it in, man. Honestly, I, I have a lot of fun on your episodes. You have to like attack me on certain things, but like, like just throwing it aside, it's because of you. I have Brooke and Stephanie, the B guest host on my show, and my God, it was a great episode. Yeah, thanks, Brian. I've moved on from you, and I've taken your guests. Fuck you, Brian. I'm kidding. I love Evolution. it. No, I love it. I love no. I love this community. I love people like. You know, hopping on these different podcasts. I think it's fucking great. So, um, yeah, check out Seen It Movie Reviews, everybody. I, I always love going on your show because we can spoil the shit. Yeah. We have a non-spoiler section uh, where it's safe. It's a safe space for everybody. <laughs> and then we get into spoilers where it's full-blown and we just fucking just spoil the into. Hey, did you – have you seen Tenet yet? No, not yet. I, I honestly, I want to see it in drive-ins, but I, I'd rather just see it at home, oh, okay. just so like I have the audio properly. Because first off, we know that like, Christopher Nolan loves to be a dick with his audio in general, but I don't think it'll be good in drive-ins. The local, the, the the, my local theater uh, uh, here, he, <laughs> the audio for like the vocals and stuff was like, it's not great in tenant to be quite honest with you. In my opinion, yeah. he, he put close caption on every fucking screen, every no. screening of tenant. He put close caption on really. Yes. I, I bet you it's because of interstellar because that happened in interstellar. Like I remember seeing that like in theaters. And I was like, I can't understand half the things they're saying. I know. Uh-huh. That's all you hear. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And it sounds like he didn't learn anything with Tenet. Oh, man. Dude. Oh, did you see Kajillionaire? It was like... No, that's on our on our list for it's, uh, next it, week. You can rent it now. Yeah. Yeah. How is it? Is it I, good, though? Because I'm really excited to talk about dude, it. Dude, I love it. I thought it was... Dude, it's definitely weird, and it takes a while to kind of like like reveal itself like what's really going on with like these quirky characters like this dynamic of this quirky family it takes a while to kind of like you know uh show you like really what's going on here and um the you know evan rachel woods got like what's her name in that old 
Old Dolio is her name. And like, like why would her parents name her Old Dolio? It's addressed yeah. in the movie, man. And it's like, it makes sense when it all comes through. And Gina Rodriguez is so good in the movie, man. She's really fucking good. I think she's like the standout performance in my opinion. I, 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 dude, I, I, I think I gave it a Tupperware. I really enjoyed this fucking movie. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. So yeah, Kajillionaire, man. Check it out. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to to review it because I remember I had in the, in the schedule, but then it was not released in uh-huh. DOD. It was yeah. only in theaters for like two weeks, so I was like, "All right, delete." But yeah, no, I'm going to actually review it November eighth with uh, hopefully, if this is correct, Steve from Heroes of Noise uh, will be our guest for that one. But yeah, um, we got a couple of good ones like Spontaneous. I know, like the, the only good thing I think is with the whole. Uh, I guess you could say pandemic thing is I'm able to actually spread out these new releases. Yeah. So I don't have to do them like immediately every week. So it's nice to like, you know, spread them out a little bit. So like I have Jungle Land in a couple of weeks, get duped, which we is on uh prime that was just released like a week or two ago. Oh, that was, I, I, I do what that's about. I reviewed that. Uh, Scott shooty is uh, doing spook fest on the leftover army podcast feed. And I reviewed that with, uh, Scott Winkler, uh, Amanda. What is it? And, uh, I, I only added it because it's a, it's a movie on Prime and we're focusing on Prime movies yeah. next month. But what is Get Dude? Dude, it's, dude, it's bizarre. It's a movie out of New Zealand. So it's one of these New Zealand Ooh. movies and it's like, um, you just got, you gotta watch it. It's so hard yeah. to explain, dude. But there's like this one character that like wants to be a rap star that is like, that is like the standout in the movie and hilarious, man. Hilarious. Okay. It's a very funny movie. It's a comedy slash, I guess you would call it horror. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 okay. I, rec- I really dug it, man. I, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And, and the, and like sticking with the prime movies that we haven't watched and I'm adding on the list. Have you seen Troop Zero? No, I haven't seen that one. See, yeah, that's been on my list for a while, and I finally have a reason to watch it. But, yeah, that's with um, Alfred uh, – what's her name? Uh, from Luke Cage. Uh, Alfred Woodard, I think, is on it with um, – uh, what's her face from – she was on that uh, Hugh Jackman movie on HBO. Allison Janney. Yeah. Allison Janney, yeah, she was yeah. in, uh, she was in Mom, the TV series. She's still in that. Fucking Anna Ferris yeah. left the fucking show. She left the fucking I show, know, but they're- <laughs> I think cause like, she doesn't want to do with COVID, like fuck that shit, I'm out. Oh man, yeah. But yeah, Troop Zero, I'm gonna be we'll reviewing that, but yeah, I'm at, like, Amazon Prime in general, they, they're collecting a great, like, catalog in general with movies, I feel. Have you seen, have you seen, oh, I know they released, they released Nocturne, which is like a new horror movie that they've got, and then The Black Box. Is that- no, is that another Blum, uh, Blumhouse one? Because I know they had the Black Box, and or is that what you're talking about, Black Box? Well, I think they didn't. It didn't. <laughs> didn't they do? I got Black Box and the Lie. Yeah, I watched it. We reviewed the Lie, but uh, and there's another one called Nocturne. Ooh, okay. I need to add that to the list because I did not know about that. One. Yeah, I think I think Amazon did a deal with like, and they had four Blumhouse films come out, and I think Nocturne might be. One oh, of those. okay. Because I only had two. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we're gonna. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna talk about Marvel news, and then we're gonna wrap this thing up. I wanted to get into the yeah, Marvel okay. news. Um, 
Tatiana Maslany, this comes from Dark Horizons, Tatiana Maslany has denied reports that she has been set as the star of Marvel Studios' proposed She-Hulk TV series. The report emerged at Deadline last month, the outlet also breaking the story that Kat Coiro would direct several episodes, including the pilot of the show, which is being penned by Rick and Morty writer Jessica Gao. Uh, at the same time, they said it's not clear at what stage talks were in or if she set a deal. However, the orphan black star turned Perry Mason and destroyer actress has flat out denied the reports to the Sudbury star this week. Here's her quote. That actually isn't a real thing. And it's like a press release that's gotten out of hand. It's totally not. I've been connected to these things in the past and press has gotten onto it, but it's not actually a thing, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I don't know how these things get. I don't know. I don't know. You know better. I have no idea. So yeah, dude. I mean, this was like reported as like, this is happening. And a month later, what do you think? Do you think, do you think that this was something that was being talked about and that talks fell apart or? Yeah. Yeah. I think that Disney doesn't understand how popular she is and they gave her a quote and she said, no, thank you. And then they were like, okay, next. But the, uh, the news already broke. So she was able to go. No, I don't know what you're talking about. So hopefully this allows Disney to give her a better quote because I'm a huge fan of Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black. Uh, she is the reason Orphan Black is so popular. She can play 20 different characters. Her range uh, is no bound. Uh, she is the best anybody could be. It doesn't matter if it's Shen Walters or any other character in the MCU. She, like. Tatiana Maslany is probably one of the best actresses I've seen ever. Uh, if you've seen her from Black, like she played her range. Oh yeah. Is unbelievable. I love, dude, I loved, so, I loved her from Black. I mean, okay, okay, huge okay, fan yeah, of her. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like if, if she's coming out saying that there's no deal, then she's not happy with what Disney's offering and she wants better. Well, because she, she's basically saying no like, I've, I, yeah. I've never been connected to this thing. And, and that That's would, a lie. there's no way. Cause like, cause she was, uh, connected to Rogue One. She was, yeah. For a while. Yeah. So like, yeah, like, like Disney has had an eye on her and I'm guessing her price is too high and they won't accept it because I don't know. But Can you imagine how much they, better Rogue One would have been with her yeah. in the role as Jenner? Oh so. man, this, the second I heard about her being Jen Walters, I'm like, that makes sense. Because I read the comics and we need someone like Jen, like Tatiana Maslany to play someone that can change characters because Jen Walters as She-Hulk, there's so many different versions of her, whether accepting being Hulk or not accepting Hulk, like she's going to be like um, Mark Ruffalo. Like we have to use her as the double. So it's like she is She-Hulk. She is Jennifer Walters. There's no difference at this point if she's hired for the role. You might be right here. The the article goes on to say Maslany's denial could also be potential, be a potential negotiating in the press tactic. Actors Paul Rudd and Kumail Nanjiani had previously denied signing on for MCU movies before eventually confirming they were involved. Of course, we know Paul Rudd is Ant-Man and Kumail Nanjiani is going to be in the Eternals film. So, I mean, who knows? Like talks may have like kind of like fallen apart and, you know, like there might be some like fan uh, outcry now with her not being involved and Disney might offer yeah. her a better deal or something. 
Yeah, they might have to now because, like, I can understand for people that are just into the MCU news and the MCU world, they might not know who she is. But if you're in the TV world, whether or not you know who, um, whether or not you have seen Tatiana Moslani, you know the name from BBC from Orphan Black. Like, there's no, there's no, if you've been in the TV world for the past five years, you know her name. Like, no questions asked. Like, Brian, you know who she is. Like, it's just like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I get it, she's not in a lot of American stuff. And you might not have seen her in Perry Mason, but if you've seen any British stuff and you've seen her from Black on BBC, you know who she is. And if you've heard of that show, you know who she is. Like, she's, she's that type of caliber actress where, like, she, like, once she hits mainstream, she will be mainstream. Does that, does that make sense? No, it makes sense. And I, I look at her as I look at, like, our actors like Jesse Buckley, who just, like, need that yeah. next fucking, they need that next movie. They need that next thing to, like, put exactly. them in, in the spotlight, because I think they are so fucking good and kind of overlooked by Hollywood in a lot of ways. And so it was, it's nice seeing Jesse Buckley being in the Fargo series, and she was in, Oh, wow. God, she was in that new movie on Netflix that we reviewed a few weeks ago. But uh, I mean, you know, uh, same thing with I'm thinking of ending things. I I think same thing with Tatiana Maslany. I think she just needs like a big fucking break. And I think like she's got honestly, she's got more of a fucking uh, resume behind her uh, as of now than Chris Hemsworth did when he came into the role of Thor. So, oh, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. Um, next thing I want to talk about and not is... Not even that, like, she she knows, before we go any further, Yeah, this is a thing where, like, yeah, She-Hulk might have a Disney Plus series, but, like, this is the opportunity for her to show up in the movies, just like Hulk is. Oh, it'll so happen. I think she's playing this properly. This is, it's going to happen. Uh, these characters will yeah. show up in the movies. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that we'll see Moon Knight in a movie, that we're going to see She-Hulk in oh, a yeah. movie. I firmly believe that uh, that we're going to see, like, you know, the new Hawkeye, whoever Kate Bishop's going to be, Ms. Marvel, they're all going to show up in these movies. You know, some of these characters from the Loki series might even show up in these movies, for all I know. We, I don't know, you know? We'll see. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, rumors were heating up this week that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were boarding Spider-Man 3 as their versions of Spider-Man in, uh, and so Sony responded to this. So I think like the original, didn't the original rumor come from fandom wire? Something like that. And this is from cinema blend. They said Sony had to address a recent rumor that has so much heat on the internet. It basically got too hot to ignore the hopeful hype making the rounds is that the original Spider-Man stars Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are returning to the franchise to join Tom Holland in the third MCU Spidey film. This would be possible thanks to the introduction of the multiverse, which we are expecting to see more of in the Disney Plus program WandaVision. Approached by uh, Entertainment Tonight Canada, a rep from the studio addressed the rumor and said, those rumored castings are not confirmed. So... The article goes on to say, which isn't a no, so make of that what you will. Again, as mentioned, it behooves Sony for us to still be talking about the possibility that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire might show up in the third MCU Spider-Man movie, but you walk a thin line when it comes to entertaining rumors like that. So um, I honestly think, this is what I think. 
I think that um, Fandom Wire may have jumped the gun and are predicting that this is going to happen because of, first off, uh, you had Jamie Foxx with a deleted Instagram post. And the, on the Instagram post, you know, his Electro his Electro announcement that he's returning to play the character of Electro. He's not going to be blue this time. And then in that picture that he posted, you saw the three Spider-Men. And so I think that, you know, maybe Fandom Wire is just kind of saying, like, you know, they're fucking predicting that this is going to happen. And if it does happen, then they get to take all the credit for it and say, yeah, we, we were the ones that fucking, we were right. We said that all three Spider-Men were going to be in this movie. And then if it doesn't happen, they can just fucking say, oh, you know, talks fell Talks fell through, you know, one, one of them was a holdout. One of them didn't want to join the multiverse, you know, Andrew Garfield said no, or Tobey Maguire said, no, I'm not coming back to the role. You know, they can play that game, but uh, I still think that this definitely could happen. What about you? Yeah. Um, I think for me, uh, now this is coming from someone who's read a lot of comics and is also just a big fan of the Spider-Verse in general. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, now, I don't think Fandom Wire jumped. I think they got someone to confirm something for them, and they decided to report it. Um, I'm about to go into a full like conspiracy thing, but I have a feeling that the whole Vision Wanda thing, I think the whole twist of the show is going to be that we were never watching our Wanda and that um, all these different Wanda visions that we're seeing in the trailer are different worlds and they're different versions and that um, mm. somehow that connects to Doctor Strange, which will then allow us to see how Spider-Man 3 will be the live version of Into the Spider-Verse. I'm, so, I'm getting a different feeling. I, I'm getting a totally different feeling from WandaVision. My, my, my yeah. thing from WandaVision is like we saw kind of like this, uh, military kind of setup on the outskirts of like where this is, where this is all taking place. Okay. So to be fair, I never saw the trailers. I'm going okay. off of what I've read and what I've seen because I've read so many comics. So I'm under the impression that the only way to let occur is if that House of M occurs, and then Brian, I know you know what House of M is. Uh-huh. I'm assuming that's going to occur in a different world and be introduced to our world. I, I think that will connect, but I have a feeling that will be the cleanest way for Marvel to do it. I think so. That, I think that I think that this whole WandaVision thing is like they're trying to. They they know how powerful she is. It's either the government yeah. that's behind this and they know how powerful she is and they want to fucking – this is basically like Scarlet Witch meets the Truman Show and they're trying right. to yeah. trying to not have her reach her full potential and like – I don't know. You know, she could she could well, alter in the, everything. Yeah. In the comics, we're, we're, it's already shown that Doctor Strange had a point in that. So like I can understand why they would do it in the movies but – I'm just trying to, me personally, because I want the mutants. I want everything to get combined. I'm just waiting to see how they do it. The cleanest way to do it is if we're introduced to a different Wanda who says no more mutants. And by the end of the series, we get our Doctor Strange 
because his move. The only reason I'm saying all this is because his move, his sequel is the multiverse of madness. So there has like that's the only reason I'm I'm even entertaining this whole Spider Verse for Spider Man Three. It's just a whole domino effect that I think Disney didn't realize that the press would have access to yet. So we're finding out too early. I don't, I don't think, I don't, I, I honestly, and I could be wrong here, but I don't think anything yeah. with WandaVision is going to deal with mutants. Okay. I might be wrong. I'm just, that's, that's just me hoping because I'm a huge fan. Like the whole X of swords is happening right now. It's a beautiful thing. Like I, I'm loving I just don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that, of it, so. I don't think Wanda yeah. has dealt with the death of Vision after the events of Endgame. She hasn't dealt with the fact that Vision's, yeah. and so like in this world, they, they're basically giving her like this perfect life, whether it's like in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, like these TV versions of her like romance with Vision. And it's kind of like the Truman Show and they're trying to like suppress her powers. We might find out that General Ross is behind all of this. We might find out that Doctor Strange is behind all of this. He's worried about this. He's like, he He's like the guy that's supposed to like keep these things, this, these evils at bay. And the multiverse of madness might be like her madness. She might go mad. She might find out that this is like all been set up by Dr. Strange to keep her powers at bay from affecting like the world and reality in general. And, um, I mean, she might be the villain in Dr. Strange, the in, in the multiverse of madness for all we know, we don't know that yet. We don't know what's going to happen with Wanda after WandaVision. And I mean, so I like this whole thing, like we see in the trailer, um, you know, Catherine Hans character sitting in a car, smoking a cigarette. And like, I think she's basically a hired actor to kind of like keep her, you know, <laughs> to keep her believing that she's in this perfect world where Vision's still alive. I think Vision will come back somehow. We'll find out. I think like the Vision, there's a version of Vision that we see in the trailer that is the real Vision. I don't know how he I comes mean, yeah, back. I, I did so. hear that like she says like, oh, you're alive. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. So it does seem like he's back somehow. Um, but yeah, that could be the whole thing of like she's in this. You're right. Like it's just it's like. This is, I think this is the best Disney and Marvel has ever been with television because there's so much they could do that all of our theories could be correct. Oh man. I, what do you, what is the, what is, what is the show that you're the most like anticipating? What, like, what, which of these shows? Like, Oof. you've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You've got Loki. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're going to have U.S. Agent. Uh, played by, uh, Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son, who I'm, yeah. I've been a big fan of lately. We've got Loki. We've got, when we know that, uh, what's his face is gonna be in that fucking thing? Uh, Owen Wilson's yeah. gonna be in that thing. Uh, what the, the what if series, I guess, the animated shit. Um, WandaVision. I am looking forward to the what if stuff. I've always enjoyed the what if comics. WandaVision. We've got Hawkeye. We've got Moon Knight. We've got Ms. Marvel. We've got She-Hulk. I mean, which one are you looking forward to the most? For me, it's right now what I really want to see is um, She-Hulk, if it's Tatiana Mussolini, just because I'm really interested in what she's doing. Um, uh, But... I'm only interested in Loki if it's what Captain America did with the stones to get to the end of Endgame. Like, I'm really curious because my theory is that we're going to be watching Loki 
not only try to keep the the space shown with him, but at the same time, we might actually be able to see Captain America like combined or release all the stones that we see at Endgame. So I kind of want to see that connection. Um, if that is the case, that might not be the case, um, which is fine as well. But otherwise, I'm really interested to see what they do with Moon Knight because he is so intriguing in general. And what like are they going to do the whole thing where Wolverine, Captain America, and Spider-Man show up? And if you know the story I'm talking about, Brian, you know what I mean. So I'm just interested to see what they do with that because Moon Knight is very adult in general. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, I'm very interested to see how they handle that. Yeah, I um, thought that there was going to be a like when Netflix got a hold of these properties, I thought there was going to be a yeah. Moon Knight announcement because like those shows were. I felt like Netflix was a better fit for Moon Knight than you know Disney Plus personally. Yeah. Oh, I agree. But but that the, the thing that they're doing it, I'm guessing it'll be a lot like how um, Favreau's handling the Mandalorian. But at the same time, it. What do we get though? Like, what story do we get? Because you know, are we getting the whole Egyptian background? Are we getting the multi-personality background? Are we getting both? Are we getting? Everything? I think like, I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get both. I think we're gonna get the multi-personalities and the Egyptian background. And and does that do we also get Dracula? Because like Moon Knight is so odd. Does that try, does that way. does that tie into Blade? With the Mahershala right, Ali. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. like, what does Moon Knight act Moon Knight can mean so much and so little at the same time. Like, what does Disney and Feige have planned for this character? Dude, we're you getting know? Mahershala Ali as fucking Blade, dude. <laughs> I'm right? I mean, yeah, that's going to be – that. I mean, that itself is going to be great. That might be the best series in general, but yeah. I want, okay, here, here you go. Last thing I'm going to talk what about. What if he shows up in Moon Knight first? Sorry. Oh, what if Blade shows up in Moon Knight first? That'd be fucking amazing. Yeah. I would love that. That would be fucking amazing. Right? See, we have the Moon Knight uh, 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 thing, but not Blade yet. We yeah. know that Mar- Marshall's playing it. CBR had an article titled, Spider-Man, the MCU needs to stop focusing on mentors for Peter Parker. And they're basically talking about how in the first movie, the mentor was Iron Man. The second one was Nick Fury, although it was basically the uh, fucking uh, scroll version of Nick Fury. And then the I mean, th- and yeah. then in this third Fury's movie, the replacement of, of Iron Man as well. And then in this third movie, it's going to be Doctor Strange. So, uh, do you agree with the with the article, the title that they need to stop focusing on mentors for Peter Parker? Yes. Only because the first movie is how do I be like, um, how do I be like Iron Man? The second movie is how do I be like Iron Man after he's dead? Um, and it's like, I understand that like, yeah, it's still Spider-Man. And like, if you're a big Spider-Man fan in general, it's fun to see him in these different scenarios, but it'd be nice to just get a Spider-Man movie about Spider-Man. It's already going to be challenging because he's outed. So, like, that's already a, a small selected version of the comics if we're going that way. Um, and if we're going a different way, how far can we go? Well, he was, he was outed, he was outed in the comics and they found a way to fix that. No, I understand that, but what I'm saying is, are we focusing the entire movie on him being outed? Is this like, more of like him 
out of New York City again? Do we get him in New York City? There's, there's so much involved where, like, I'm okay with – it really all depends on what – He's back in New York City. They've already, they've already started filming within the past week for Spider-Man 3, and they, they started filming in New York, or at least New York – scenes i guess i know they film okay. a lot in georgia i know but like they filmed it right, as new but york yeah but that's georgia that's where they shoot though yeah i dude honestly i think i'm i disagree with this i think that i think that it's fine for this first trilogy he's so young man he they they hired a young actor here i just i hold on let me finish my point is, let me finish my point sorry, you're right, let me bad, finish yeah. my point they hired him young they hired him young let this first trilogy be about him having mentors for each movie. And then, I mean, if this is going to be your Spider-Man in the long run, then, I mean, by the fourth movie, it can be his movie. If this is your Spider-Man going forward. One of, like, Stan Lee's biggest regrets was that he aged him so quickly. You know? That's one of Stan Lee's biggest regrets in the comic books is that like he, he wanted to spend, he, he believes that he should have spent more time in like the high school years instead of get, having him get older. You know what I mean? And start working for like the bugle and all that shit. You know, and yeah. I feel, I feel like, I feel like, you know, now that you've hired, when they hired Tom Holland, he was like, what was he like? 19? Super young when they hired yeah, not him. Even. And so, you know, like, uh, I think like have him young, have him have these mentors. We've got plenty of time for him to have his own Spider-Man movie. I- I'm fine with this. I'm fine with this right now. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think of overall like him within those three years. I think or three movies. I'm just thinking of the trilogy overall. I think it's you're not wrong. If they can, if they can make this third movie of him recognizing that he is his own man, he doesn't need a mentor anymore. Then. Yeah, I agree. then yeah, then that would be a good arc. Do you think he leaves the do you think he leaves the Avengers and he just be, he just goes back no. to being he just goes back to being the I mean, we you know, he goes back to being the if friendly does, neighborhood Spider-Man. That, he has to lead at one point. One point or the other for his storyline, he must lead, fail and learn from that failing. Cuz that's what Spider-Man is. He's all about learning from his failures. Mm-hmm. So there I must agree. be a point where he's, so there must be a point where he's ahead of the Avengers, fails at it, and learns from it and understands. And then from there, he can be, you know, Parker Industries. But we still need him in charge of the Avengers, and we need him to fail at being in charge of the Avengers. I don't think he'll ever be in charge of the Avengers at this age. I mean, I think I think if we're looking at who's going to be in okay, charge of the about, Avengers. Okay, we're looking so at Captain Marvel. We're looking at Captain Marvel. Right. I don't think that they're going to be looking okay, at Okay, I agree. Well, what if we introduce the young Avengers? That's boom. I think you nailed it with that, man. I think if, okay. I think you nailed it with that. If 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 things keep going the way that they're going, it, we might be looking at him being like the lead of the, like the young Avengers, like Ms. Yeah. Marvel. Maybe they'll introduce like Kid Nova, you know? Maybe we'll finally get a fucking Nova movie. Now, so. do do you think that Miss um, Marvel, because she spends a lot of time in Jersey City, I believe, or Newark, do you think they'll actually do that, or do you think they'll put her in New York? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like they could totally just change like the location of the character and have her in New York. I don't know. Right? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. 
We'll see. I don't know. But you're right, though. Like, uh, young, young Avengers for especially this MCU of Tom Holland being Spider-Man would make much more sense if he takes over. But then, did you read the actual Young Avengers? Do you know that storyline with? Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. With Hulking and everything. Uh, yes, I've read would Young you be Avengers. Interested in the the Kong Iron Man thing? <sighs> Because I would, I I really enjoyed that storyline, and yeah. I felt they barely like like pressed upon it. I don't know if they're going to do that in the movies, though. <laughs> so right, you're yeah. right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would also love to see a kid Loki introduced into the into the yeah. Marvel. So you know, if you're not going to go forward with Tom, uh, was it Tom Hiddleston? Go forward with a kid Loki. Get a kid Loki. I think that'd be fucking great. Yeah, I agree. That would be that. Yeah, you're right. That would be really cool. All right, that is all I have for this episode. I know that this was like a really short episode, but we I wanted to put something out there for people to listen to, man. And I really appreciate you joining me on this one, Steve. No, I really appreciate the the call. Thank you so much for letting me join you on this. People can find you on Seen It Movie Reviews. Where else? I mean, where else? Like, should they should they yeah. be following you on Twitter? Black Black. Like, what, what? Where can they find you? Yeah, if you're looking for me specifically, I'm a spoiler Steve on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, our, uh, we just had a fantastic episode with Stephanie and Brooke talking about the, the trial. Of the oh, rub it, rub it in. Keep rubbing it in how great that That's episode right. was and how like it shitty really mine are. Good. How shitty my really good. I, yeah. I really hope you listen to it, Brian. It was good. <laughs> I know you keep, <laughs> you keep rubbing it in. Jesus. Uh, yeah, we thought about that. He, um, the 40 year old version and the 1940 version uh, Rebecca but we also have another channel called Tied to Fargo if you're watching the new uh, season on FX or Hulu we are covering that as well and uh, Tied to the MCU is on hiatus but we've covered up to Captain Marvel so you can check out all of, all of those Awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. I really fucking appreciate it, dude. I really do. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the invite. Thank you so much. Guys, we will be back next week with a full episode. I promise a full fucking episode of just whatever the, I don't know. People, I don't know. Who the fuck is listening to this shit? Whatever. <laughs> we'll be back with a full episode of more bullshit. But, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to this episode. Just like all good leftovers saying the doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's his day's already been dead. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Hot culture.
your leftovers. Podcasts that are originally good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and really shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Fantastic, good and Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say it's already been said? Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover, counterculture pushover, pop culture. Leftovers, uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers, only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.